Listen. Just listen. I'm Miles Pulaski, and this is the Second Story Podcast. Second Story is Serendipity Theater Collective's hybrid performance series of stories, wine, and music. Collaboration among writers, actors, and musicians, and others to create good stories and good times. The stories are written by the performers themselves, sometimes funny, sometimes poignant, always thought-provoking. And now, company member, April Newman. I was 17. We were living in the house on Nightingale Lane. Dad had just lost his promotion to become the VP of Blue Cross and Blue Shield. He dropped on the couch, his gray suit puckering up so the whites of his ankles shone. He yanked the tie on his neck. I'm done with insurance. The only time I'll sell a thing again is pharmaceuticals, pills. Something they'll buy or end up dying. I turned away but rolled my eyes. See, Dad was prone to giving Jerry Maguire-esque speeches about sales or ranting Republican doctrine on the virtues of pulling yourself up by your bootstraps. He was a huge guy, broad-shouldered and blonde like Thor. When I was a kid, he was so tall, I thought, Everything he said must always be right. He tossed down his tie and said, the good news is I got a line on a lost gold mine. That was the year he decided to become a gold miner. Now, I don't want to give you the idea that this was completely out of character. He was always a schemer. Went opal diving in the Yucatan when I was eight. Bought a health club in Wisconsin for a dollar when I was 10. Never paid his taxes until he got audited. Despite the tendency to wander, to gamble away his whole paycheck so he had to eat dinner at my grandma's house, he had been at his job for 15 years. Dad unbuttoned the top two buttons of his shirt. They gave the promotion to Tony. I fucking trained Tony. So I told him to stick it. I'm pursuing other projects. (laughs) I raised my brows to brace myself. Up until this point, Dad considered himself a recreational prospector. He read every edition of The Complete Walker, where he learned how to pull the labels off of soup cans to make his pack lighter, ordered topographical maps from the Department of the Interior, which he lovingly called Topos, and researched how to strike a gold claim in New Mexico. When he quit his job, he graduated from hobby prospector to full-blown freelancer. FYI, if you wanted to strike a gold claim, all you had to do was print off the appropriate document from the state website, say you were claiming the mineral rights to federal land via signature, and then actually stake it on the land with a wooden stake. Think Tom Cruise and Far and Away, only this is happening in 1996. And I fully realize now that it's probably just as fucking weird that I retained all of that info. But for a time, it seemed like if I just listened to him, if I showed that I was interested, was his bestest student, that he would check back in. Be the real dad, not gambling dad or gold miner dad. The real dad. Atticus Finch. Bill Cosby. Dad leaned over in his chair, his face lit up like Large Marge from Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Here's the deal. There's a prospector named Adams. Somehow he made friends with the Zuni Indians around Pueblo. 
They took Adams and his group to the site of a glory hole. Gold nuggets as big as your fist. The Zunis said Adams could take one mule's load back to his cabin. Mules. Zunis. Sure, Dad, I'm with ya, I said. There was no sarcasm, even though it all sounded like goonies to me. Pirates and treasure and shit my 40-year-old dad should not be an expert about. He went on. So maybe a raider swoop in. It's not entirely clear. The point is that someone burns the cabin to the ground. Everyone inside is murdered, except Adams. He escaped on foot. Spent the rest of his life looking for that mine again and never could find it. Dad leaned away. The lights brightened. And you can? Of course I can. I got a GPS and a topo map. Adam's never had a topo map. <laughs> That's what brought me to New Mexico. 1,500 miles away from my life, job at the photo store selling cameras, a slew of hippie friends who all wore flannel and listened to Beck, my college application at home in Iowa, incomplete and hanging over my head. I was just out of my element, hoisting a pack of dad's gear with only my trusty Nikon as a keystone. So we're on Fox Mountain. We're trekking down these deer trails. I was feeling mixed, like maybe dad was certifiable, but also feeling superstitious too. You know, like when you believe in Santa or Jesus or the lotto, something really good will happen. But if you don't really believe, there's no fucking chance for that big payoff. I was trying to maintain that duality, secretly hoping that he was right, that my dad was a hero, that he'd find the mother load and we'd all be rich. Meanwhile, choking on the facts that the gold rush was a hundred years past due. But dad was so into it. He thought, it's worth selling mom's piano to pay for the airline tickets. It's worth letting the phone get disconnected to rent a hotel in Socorro. This gold mining dad was getting dangerous. We hiked for an hour, my body not built for mountain country. The rucksack felt like I was lugging a corpse, soup labels or no. And dad and I were winding around and around and up and down these forest paths. The trip wasn't entirely painful. There were these really cool juniper trees. When I zoomed in with the lens, they had this gray bark that looked like alligator scales, like nothing you'd see in the woods in the Midwest. It was dad that was the pain. He had two compasses tethered around his neck, that GPS device, and we were still fucking lost. After a couple more hours, we reached the bottom of the mountain. We were walking along this valley and dried out stream bed that ran along the foot of it. I looked over to my right and saw this space that must have been a clearing at one time, only now there were these random-sized trees sprouting out, much shorter than the rest of the forest, and piles of leaves and debris, and that's when I saw these planks sticking out. Dad, Dad, did you, did you see this, I called? Dad stopped breathing and stared. Then he ran over and kicked the leaves and wet mush away, exposing the frame of a cabin. It was the foundation of a burnt down cabin. Don't just stand there, fucking document this, he yelled, and I snapped into action. I took close-ups of the planks. I walked inside the cabin. I had this creepy 
tingling sensation that I was standing on the graves of the Adams party, but I also felt on the verge of discovery too, like what could I find? Maybe a piece of cracked plate that Adams ate off of 100 years ago. I wonder what kind of shit they ate back then and what they might have talked about in this room. I knelt in the leaves. I took close-ups of the wood and wondered, who had touched this last? Get over here for Christ's sake, Dad called. He had jumped into the mouth of the dried stream and was running his metal detector along a hollowed-out log. The log was clearly axed out by tools, gray with age, but shaped pretty much like a sluice box that thing miners use to separate out gold. This could be it. This could be Adams, he yelled. The metal detector squealed wildly, his face alive with smiling. And then he dropped, hunkered in the street bed, and busted out his pan, shaking the dry red dust with the flicks of his wrist. I stood above and looked down at him. Oh my God, this could be it. Fist-sized nuggets, the kind that should make all his craziness worth it. I watched, I felt this electric sensation that we were amateurs, but on the verge of an archeological breakthrough, finding something other people might read about someday. I looked over at dad in his ridiculous suspenders in a frenzy of shoveling and dropping to his knees to shake the dirt in the pan and then launch up with this super ape-like strength and keep digging again and again and again and nothing, nothing. Nothing. The regular bleeps and static fuzz of the metal detector died away. Dad sat down heavily in the stream bed, the red dirt greased into the lines of his face. The only things that sparkled were the flakes of iron pyrite, fucking fool's gold, trapped in his boots. He was quiet, face deflated. I expected him to laugh or something, toss down the gear and say that he was sorry, that the idea was crazy, and he could see that in the end. He's ready to check back in. Maybe we go bowling back in Socorro. But he didn't. He scratched the back of his head with a stick. His eyes passed over me, Adam's cabin, and lingered on the sluice box. What about Slaughter Mesa? That's within range of where they found Adams. Grab the gear so I can make it before dark. Wow. I felt this intense throb, that feeling in any moment of being horribly embarrassed, my body alive, wire, stupid, numb. I was periphery. Dad's vision, Adam's vision. This is what was important to him. It didn't matter what I learned, that I was his best student, that I was what he wanted. He didn't see me at all, and he was never gonna be the dad I wanted, fist-sized nuggets or not. My hands unconsciously moved in my pockets where I fished out a pack of Marlboro Reds I had stashed to smoke when he was asleep. I flicked the Zippo and took a deep drag. I didn't look at him in the face, as if my not looking would mean he had somehow disappeared that neither of us were really there. My voice drifted out, thick and sad. Who are you? I said, shaking. He didn't hear the heat in my voice. What the fuck are you doing? He called up. <laughs> Spinning and woozy, I said, I smoke, okay, Dad? I'm a smoker. <laughs> I took a drag for effect. It felt staged. <laughs> Not nearly as rich as I thought it might be. 
And I shook my head, blurting, and I'm, and I'm a liberal, and I like photography, too. I want to be a photographer when I go to college. No idea why these were the things I chose to say. They were just what spilled out first. Jeez, April, Dad said as he folded up his mining shovel. Pictures? What a waste. Why do something anyone can do? Everyone sees the same things. I mean, what do you even say to someone like that? It was just unreal. Like, we were living in exactly the same moment, and he was experiencing the Deadwood, and I was watching the History Channel. I steadied myself with another drag. Well, maybe we don't, I said. He gave me a peevish stare. Won't you be sorry when I find that mine, huh? I should have brought your sister instead. And he stood up, covered in dust, stumbling to catch himself on the bank. With that, I knew he was just never gonna get it. And I needed to figure out a way to deal because I was 17 and living in his house and all growing up was getting closer, but still not quite there yet. And if I thought about that too hard, it didn't feel like I could breathe. And that's what's so fucking cool about pictures because you get to put shit back where it belongs. I dropped my smoke and pulled up my camera so that I could see him in the frame. If you twist a 35 millimeter lens to the infinity symbol, everything inside will be in perfect equal focus. The red dusty stream bed in the foreground as intricately detailed as the birch trunk 10 feet behind it. Sure, my dad was in the frame in his suspenders with his shovel so was the deer path we trampled in on, that charred out cabin, those great gator skin trees. I was behind the lens. I'd choose what ended up in print. It didn't matter if he ever saw the important things. I could. was April Newman. If her story gives you ideas for your own second story, we'd love to hear them. Please join us for our ongoing series at Webster's Wine Bar in the Morseland or one of our upcoming special events. Second Story Podcast is brought to you by Amanda Delheimer, Megan Steelstra, Shannon Sullivan, Miles Pulaski, Mikhail Fixel, and Nick Kawahara. I am Miles Pulaski. Serendipity is funded in part by the Gaylord and Dorothy Donnelly Foundation, the Illinois Art Council Estate Agency, the Richard H. Driehaus Foundation, City Arts Grants, the Chicago Community Foundation, a part of the Chicago Community Trust, and listeners just like you. To find out more about Second Story, the performances and our performers, or to make a donation, visit us at storiesandwine.com. 